Well, we're continuing on in our series on crazy faith. And uh, I hope some of you guys have taken some steps for baby faith this last week and just exercised that faith just a little bit even. Um, I didn't wear a hat again today. I was believing for parted hair. It's still departing me. So i going to drop that joke again this week. But uh, crazy faith is having thoughts and actions that lack reason but trusting fully in what cannot be explicitly proven, what we cannot prove, right? It's when we're believing for this thing, this is the information we have down here, and there's this huge gap, but we're believing in this thing as if it's already come to pass, or it's already true, even though we cannot see the way to get there. So the question comes down to this though, how much faith does it actually take for God to move? How much faith do we really need to see God do something? How much faith do we need to actually step out ourselves and do something um, and to trust that God's going to be there with us in it, right? Last week, I used Jesus' examples of moving mountains. Nowhere if we have the faith of a mustard seed, that tiny little seed, we can say to this mountain, move and it will move. You know, or if we believe with no doubt in our hearts, we can say that mountain be cast into the sea and it will happen. But does it disqualify us from having miracles happen in our lives if we do have some doubt? If we're not 100% sure that God's going to come through for us? What if I don't even have the faith of a mustard seed, right? Can I still see God do a work through my life? Can I still see things happen with my little tiny itsy bitsy bit of faith that I can muster up? You know... How can we be sure that the thing we're believing for is actually going to happen? You know, as a dad, one of my normal responses when my kids ask a question is, maybe. (laughs) Anyone else have that saying in their repertoire? No? Dad, can we get some ice cream? Maybe. (laughs) Right? Or, Dad, can we play some video games when we get home? Maybe. It's not really a yes, it's not really a no, it's just kind of in between and kind of leaves it vague and void. No, dad, can we fill in the blank? Maybe. But I think this one word response, you know, if we're all being totally honest, is how we feel about God's direction and will for us. Maybe God wants us to do this. Maybe he wants us to step out in faith. Maybe God's going to make a way in this situation. It's how confident we usually are about God coming through in the things we have faith for. No, maybe God wants me to open this business. Maybe he's going to bless me if I just step out and do it, right? Or maybe if I step out of faith for this missions trip, God's going to come through in big ways and bless it. Or maybe God will heal my cold. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe God can fix my friend's broken bone. Maybe God will supply my needs today, right? Maybe, just maybe, God can do this thing for us. So how do we move from a maybe to being 100% confident and sure? Now, in the amount of years that I've experienced doing this, if I'm going to have faith for something, I'm never 100% there. I'm going to be honest. Because faith begins where understanding ends, right? So we can never be 100% sure of something because we don't have all of that knowledge. So today's title of the message is Maybe Faith. Maybe Faith. And it builds right off of our baby faith from last week. But as we get into it, I'm going to pray. 
Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that your word is alive and powerful today. And Jesus, as we get into it, as we look at some of your examples of faith in the Bible, we just pray that it would speak to us, that it would encourage us, that it would build up our faith even more and cause us to exercise it more and cause us to step out and be uncomfortable a little bit. So Lord, as we get into your word, we just pray that you'd speak to each one of us. Give us each something special today in your name. Amen. So when we think about faith and what it takes to have faith in something, the following statement basically sums it up. And I already said it once, but faith begins where understanding ends. I'm going to say that again. Faith begins where understanding ends. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, this is a very, very common verse when we think about faith. And it says this. This is the NIV version. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. The Amplified Version puts it this way. Now, faith is the assurance, the title deed or confirmation. So it's like that solid proof of things hoped for divinely guaranteed, right? It's things that we're believing for, that we're hoping for, that God is divinely guaranteeing to us. And the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what we cannot, what cannot be experienced by the physical sense. Wow. Faith can do that. Faith begins where our understanding, our experiences, our knowledge ends. So when we go have faith for something, we got to here, <laughs> but what's beyond that? You know, it's kind of like, who's watched Indiana Jones, right? The leap of faith. He's standing at the edge of the cliff, looking down, and just closes his eyes, and <laughs> that's what it feels like every time we step out in faith. But so often, we get paralyzed. We get stuck because we think we need to be 100% sure that God is in it before we act, Right? But what if this was not really the case? What if God can work with us when we're only 90% sure? What if God can work with us when you're 80% sure, 70% sure? What if all it really takes is for us to be at that 51%, that tipping point to get over the edge and go for it? Think about it this way. What if all of our knowledge, all of our research, all of our experiences, examples from others and all of that stuff can bring us halfway there, right? 50%, that's as far as that's gonna carry us for the things God's calling us to. That's where it maxes out because the rest of it is that unknown. If someone has cancer, we know they can have surgery. We know they can go through chemotherapy and other treatments now. But what about beyond that, right? Do we have faith beyond what we know to see God move in that situation, right? If we have to be 100% sure every time for us to move, we will never put our faith to action. We will sit there paralyzed, unable to move. You see, there will always be a gap between what you can do and what God has asked you to do, right? That's why it's called faith. I'm here, this is as far as I could get on my own strength, but God called me to do that thing, or I feel like God might maybe want me to go and do that thing. 
I got to somehow take a step of faith and just go for it at some point. Maybe faith. Maybe this will work, right? You know, when you marry someone, maybe I married the right person. I hope you did, but maybe you did. <laughs> maybe, maybe we made the right move when we moved here. Just maybe. Maybe, maybe taking that new job was the right choice. But I'm going to step out of faith into that little bit of unknown and trust and believe that God's going to be with me through it all. You know, when we moved here from British Columbia two years ago, wow, <laughs> two years ago, I wish I could tell you that we were 100% sure. I really do. But in all honesty, we weren't. No, we, we had to exercise our faith, that maybe faith, where it's like, maybe this is the step that God's asking us to take. You know, we were somewhere between the 51% and probably 65% when we hit the yes button. <laughs> and depending on the day, it would fluctuate, right? You get some confirmations, your faith goes up a little bit more for it, it's 65%, like, yeah, I think this is the right thing. And then a couple days go by and you kind of shrink back down to that 51% mark. And then, no, we're still moving forward though. And that's honesty, right? As a pastor, I don't have 100% faith for everything that comes at me. I just don't. But we took the step, right? We moved in the direction we felt God might be calling us to. We stepped out of the boat and we took a risk. Bottom line, when we think of some of the heroes of faith in the Bible, you have to wonder how confident they were every time they stepped out of faith because they are normal people like you and me. Spoke a different language, but they are normal people still. I mean, really, we have limited information on most of them. We don't get to see the side conversations, you know, the deep thoughts racing through their minds, the excitement of following God mixing with the doubt of physical expectations, right? The conversations between husbands and wives, right? When you go to step out and do something big, you better be in agreement. That's, that's a bonus little nugget there. You better be in agreement with your spouse. But think about Noah building this massive ark in the middle of land, which was about half the size of the Titanic. So he's building in the middle of land. They don't have big shipping yards where they can just roll the boat out into the water after or anything like that. He's building this giant boat in the middle of land where it's never rained. It has not rained on earth yet, and he's building this ark. I'm sure he had some doubts along the way, right? When you've cut that 10,000th gopher tree, <laughs> Right? Like, oh my goodness, is this real? <laughs> Am I delusional? Joshua marching the army of Israel around Jericho day after day, not knowing for sure when those walls were going to fall, trusting and having faith that God would come through, even when it really honestly did not make sense. If you look at any historical data on how someone overtakes a city, it's not usually by just marching around it, Right? He had to exercise a lot of faith. And I'm sure there was a couple moments where him or his friends were going, are you sure? Am I sure? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Queen Esther, going before the king on behalf of her people, not knowing how it would end for her. She had to take a step of faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego going into the furnace. I'm sure they were sweating and not just because of the heat, <laughs> right? Daniel being tossed into the den of lions. He had faith, but I'm sure there was some doubt mixed in there too, going, this could be it for me. I might be going to see my maker, right? Our doubts, the things that cause us to question, 
are part of the world we live in today. It's, it's how it is. We have doubts. All of us do. But we can't let the unknown stop us from taking that first step of faith. We cannot allow it to. Because if we allow it to stop us from taking that first step of faith, we become paralyzed, we become immobile, we become pretty much useless because we didn't take the step. Let's take a quick look at Abraham. Abraham was said to be like the father of faith, right? He's, he's high up there on the faith charts level, right? If you were to look at the top 100 of people who operate in faith. But Genesis 12:1 says this, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. In other words, faith's going to be uncomfortable, right? Leave the place that you know so well, your coffee shops and your favorite restaurants. Got to leave them behind, right? The lakes and rivers you know like the back of your hands, the places you visit daily, all of those comfortable places that are familiar to you, you got to walk away from that. Faith will also be unfamiliar. You got to leave your friends and your family behind. Those that you have walked with all your life, the ones that you have, have watched you grow up, all of your people, right? The ones that you walked closely with, sometimes God asks us to take a step of faith where they're not going to follow us. Faith will also be vulnerable. You have to leave your father's house, right? You know, when you get married, hopefully you move out of your parents' house. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Yeah, leave the Father's house. That assurance, that peace, knowing you have a safety net. Your parents who would take you in in a heartbeat if things went wrong, there is no way to be safe and be fully in faith. I'm going to say that again. There is no way to play it safe and be fully in faith because faith requires risk. The part of this first verse, though, that I just read, that really gets me, though, is this little piece where God says, to the land I will show you. He didn't even know where he was going yet. And God's saying, you got to leave this, 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 and this to the place I'm going to show you, okay? That's a big step of faith. It'd be like handing someone your phone. It'd be like giving Joey my phone and him punching into Google Maps a destination and not showing me and then me just having to trust Siri to tell me where I'm going, okay? At the best of times, that can be sketchy. <laughs> but Siri will start talking to you, and she's going to give you just enough notice to make your next turn, right? In 400 meters, turn left. Continue straight four, turn left. And all you can do is follow the directions. But after that first instructions, in 400 meters, turn left. If you don't move, are you going to get more instructions? No. She will not repeat them. She will not tell you the next step because you have not moved from where you are. Most of us, when we get into the car to go somewhere, we want to know exactly where we are going. We know what restaurant it is. We know what hotel we're going to stay at. You know, tradespeople know what house they're going to to work in. Hopefully, they get to the right one. I've heard of places where a roofer showed up and tore the roof off the wrong house. It's a bad day at work. 
You know what baseball field your game is at, right? We like to know where we're going. But God said to Abraham, if you're going to exercise your faith, you're going to need to let go of everything and just go as I've directed you and just follow my lead. All of your comfort and safety, everything and everyone you know, you have to leave it and just follow my leading. This is where most of us will become paralyzed. God, I just, I want, I just want to be sure. I just want to know for sure. Just give me a few more confirmations. Just give me a few more examples of where I can see that someone else has done this already, right? Just, I want to be sure. I'm going to stay here and pray some more until I know. That's like injecting yourself with tranquilizer. <laughs> I think God wants me to join that team. You know, I think, I think he wants me to join like the welcome team or the coffee team or some kind of team in the church. But until I know which one, I'm just going to keep praying about it. I'm going to sit back. It's hard to become part of the family if you don't step out. God wants me to be more generous in my life, but I don't know. But until I know how generous or where he wants me to pour into, I'm just going to stay where I'm at and keep doing what I'm doing. It's possible God wants to bless you beyond your belief, but you're holding on to that, what he's asked you to let go of, to be generous to someone, to something, to somewhere. I feel like God's calling me into some kind of ministry, but until I have that degree, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep it to myself. I'm not gonna pursue it. I could have done that. I wouldn't be here today if I did that. I didn't go to Bible college to do what I'm doing. It's just little steps all the way along for the last like 20 years. <laughs> Took the long road. <laughs> but when you look at the Bible, none of those guys had a degree in their masters in biblical theology or biblical studies or missiology or any of that stuff. What were they? Obedient. They were faithful to the thing that God ask them to do. Faithful is full of faith. God is asking us to go. I'm going to ask Corbin to come up here. He's going to help me show this a little bit better even. Come up here, Corbin. I already asked you if I could do this, so don't act surprised. So, so often when God asks us to go somewhere, so let's say Corbin's standing here, and I've asked him to go to the other side of the stage, and he's just standing here, asked him to go. So often what we're expecting God to do is to like get behind us and just pick us up and carry us over there because we're not willing to move ourselves, right? You weigh a ton. <laughs> Holy smokes. Caitlin Bear, come back so that you can stop eating so much. But it's much easier for God to move with us and to guide us in everything when we start taking those first steps, even if they're slow, so Corbin, start walking, and then God can actually start pushing you along and start guiding you and going, well, not that way, go this way. And he can actually start moving and directing you and guiding you as you go. Thanks, Corbin. That was good. Give Corbin a hand. God will show up when we step out in faith. Every time. That I can be sure of. He might go, ah, wrong way, buddy, <laughs> right? And we'll know when we know. <laughs> but we need to step out of faith. We need to take those risks. 
You know, God will show us once we have moved, right? He's giving you the first step, but we got to have faith and take that first step so that we can receive that next direction, just like Siri will give us when we're following Google Maps. You know, sometimes it'll be through a feeling or a dream. Sometimes it can be when we're reading God's word, which I hope we're all doing. Sometimes it can be through another individual or person. So if God's, if you feel like you should be joining a team, just step out and join one. If you find out it's the wrong one when you're on it, switch teams. It's not a life sentence. Some of you feel like it's a life sentence? <laughs> no. What a privilege to serve together. Choose to give more generously to those around you if God's asking you to be more generous. And watch God bless you for your faith. Right? He will start showing you where the needs are once you start opening up your generosity. Now, I'm not just talking about money. It might be generosity with your time. It might be generosity with meals. You know, when you hear of someone that needs help with some meals, make a meal. Just make a little bit more of what you're already going to eat and then give them the extra, right? Be generous if God's calling you to that. And nowhere in the Bible, I said this already, but nowhere in the Bible does it say you need a degree to operate in whatever God's called you to do. God can use all of you. God wants to use all of you. Not just the pastor, not just the pastors down the road, not just paid, salaried employees of a church. God has called every single one of us to something. But we got to walk in faith and step out in faith to be a part of what God's asked us to do. And God continued and spoke some assurance to Abraham just to help, like, he probably recognized, like, this is a lot. Right? I just told him to leave everything he knows behind and go to a place I haven't even told him where it is. So I should probably add a little bit onto this just to help him feel a little better about this whole scenario. And in Genesis 12, 2 and 3, he says this, and I will make you a great nation. Right? I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Again, he doesn't say how, he doesn't say when, doesn't say where, but he says he will, and we have to have faith for that in-between part. What has God promised you already? What can we hold on to as we step out in faith, right? God's given me this, this promise, I'm gonna carry that with me as, as I take a step of faith. For Abraham, God promised to bless him. And those that bless him, and just so everyone is aware, uh, we said this during the Bless series back in January, but we're living as part of that blessing today, where we are a result of the blessing that was poured out on Abraham and his life, and all through the generations to us today, we are part of that blessing. So yes, we can claim this too. We can walk in faith for that. He also said, he who dishonors or curses you, I will curse. That's what God said to Abraham. In other words, we don't have to defend ourselves, right? If someone comes at you, it's okay, bring it. God's on my side. I'm walking by faith today, right? God will do it for us. We just need to stay focused on what God is calling us to do. 
even through uncertainty, ignore the comments, ignore the shots that are fired, the negativity from the ones that can't see what God has called you to, stay focused on it. Don't get distracted. Keep walking by faith. Because if we play the long game, that's the road you want to stay on. If you get distracted and make a wrong turn here and a wrong turn there, well, hopefully eventually you still make it to where God's called you. It's just going to take a lot longer, right? Because Siri will just keep rerouting you. <laughs> you know, Noah faced ridicule all the time when he was building the ark. They would come and, and torment him, basically, calling him crazy. But he stayed focused. Another board, some more nails, nice cove pitch, begin again. Another board, some more nails, some pitch, begin again. And little by little, as he kept walking and exercising his faith, he built an ark that would stand a flood, massive flood, if you didn't know. <laughs> and he exercised his faith, and God came through miraculously for him. Now, I don't know for sure how long Abraham had to think about it, but given the text in Genesis 4:12, I'd venture to guess he didn't sit and mull or 12:4, sorry. I'd venture to guess he didn't sit and mull over it for too long, because in Genesis 12:4 it says, "So Abraham went as the Lord told him. He took the step. He said, "This is all the stuff I know, God. <laughs> this, is, this is where my comfort is. I've got that nice lazy boy recliner from Costco right there with a good, clear, perfect view of that TV. You know, the air comes into the room just right for where I'm sitting. It's not too hot, not too cold. You know, the fridge isn't that far away. But God called him to go. And he said, but you told me to go, so I'm going to listen. I'm going to obey. I'm going to be obedient. He stepped out into the gap, into the unknown, and exercised his faith. Our goal is to be faithfully obedient to God in everything that we do. That's our goal as followers of Jesus, is to be faithfully obedient, full of faith and completely obedient. Even when we can't see the end, right? Even when we've only gotten that little tiny, go straight for 400 meters. And when you get to the end of that, I'm gonna give you more directions. When we can't see the end, our goal is still to be obedient to what God's asked us to do. When we choose to be obedient to God, we become dependent on Him to fill the gap between where we are or what we can achieve on our own and what God wants us to do, right? When we, when we put our faith in Him, when we are completely obedient to Him, it's no longer us trying to like muscle our way <laughs> to that thing that God's called us to do. We can let go of that part and go, God, you've got this but I'm still walking, I'm still trusting as I walk, as I'm obedient, I'm going to exercise my faith as I go. In 1 Corinthians 13, 9, it says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part. The gap is real. <laughs> the gap exists. We don't have the full picture ever. So the question is, what are we going to do to fill the gap? Are we going to continue trying to do it in our own strength or are we going to trust God? You know, if I can just keep networking and getting in with the right people, then God's going to bless my business. Then it's going to happen for me, right? 
or if I can just make a little bit more money or have just a few more things, then I'll be ready to go or then I'll be able to be generous. Or if I can just get a little bit better at playing guitar, then I'll start worshiping God with it. It's called a holy noise for a reason. <laughs> if I, if I, if I. But what if we just boiled it right down? If I use some faith, what if I use some faith? If I make that to trust God fully for the manna every single day, they couldn't store it for the next day because it would go bad. And they just had to stay in that place of trust, that place of faith, believing that they're going to have food the next day again. And it taught them to be dependent on God. So often we desire to be independent and self-sufficient. I believe that God wants to keep us in a place where we're dependent on him so that we can continue to exercise and grow our faith. You know, when Jesus said that we do greater things, somehow we got to get to the greater things, but it starts with where we're at today. And as we continue to be obedient, as we continue to be dependent on God for the things that we're believing for, our faith is going to build and build and build. And all of a sudden, we're going to see those mountains move from one place to another. We're going to see those mountains thrown into the sea because we have faith for it. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, this is Paul speaking. And so often when we think of Paul, we think of this guy that's probably got it all together pretty good. Yeah, he spent some jail time and whatnot, but, you know, he wrote half the New Testament, so he's got to be, like, pretty solid, right? He had issues. He did. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9, he says this, Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. He's talking about the the, in, the in, uh, I lost the word. The issue he's got going on. He has an issue going on. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul had a condition. He had stuff going on. It says he was tormented by it, Right? And he prayed, he believed, he had faith that God would take it from him. But God was like, you actually need that so that you don't become proud. You actually need that so you stay in a place of dependability on me. And that's going to actually help you continue on the path that I've laid out for you. So yes, that sucks. But it's going to, my grace is sufficient for you. And you're going to be able to endure that thing as you continue to walk along in faith. We don't know exactly what that thing was. Bible never made it that clear to us. But it was enough for him to ask multiple times for it to be removed. You know, Paul could have gone the route of self-care. Well, I'm just going to pull out of everything. I'm going to focus on me, right? We have to forget self-care. It's a farce. Let's get a hold of God care, right? Let's put our faith in him. You know, that verse I read during worship today, don't forsake, forsake the gathering. Why? Because God created us to be in community with one another. God created us to encourage one another towards good works of faith, right? God built us to do this together. And self-care says, I'm going to pull out. I'm going to do it just by myself. I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to get me better. There's a whole lot of eyes in there. 
and not a whole lot of faith. In our maybe faith, in our faith operating at 51% sure even, where I'm going, I've got just enough <laughs> to step out of the boat. I've got just enough to step onto that invisible path that I'm hoping is going to be under my foot because once I'm off the cliff, I'm off, right? God's grace will be sufficient for us. Will we get it wrong sometimes? Yep, <laughs> for sure. Without a doubt, I think we will get it wrong sometimes. But God's grace will be sufficient still. And we can get back on track. You know, we can reroute. We can find our directions again. It's going to tell us if we went, you know, when you have directions on your phone, it tells you when you went wrong and it gives you the next direction to get back on course. God does the same thing for us. He will get us back on course if we step off. You know, but what if it's not how I thought it was going to be? That's, that's an often question. It's not how I expected it to turn out. That's what happens when we let go and trust God because he knows better than we do what's needed in a situation. We move from being in control of everything to living inside God's will. Well, I believed for healing. I exercised faith. Countless others stood in faith too, but my cousin still died from leukemia. That's a true story. My cousin died at age 30 from leukemia. My uncle is a pastor in British Columbia. That was his daughter. There was countless people praying across the country, around the globe for her, believing for healing. And she battled with it for two years. My uncle said this at her memorial service, her celebration of life, because she was, she was a spunky cousin who loved Jesus dearly. He said this, while this is not the result we had hoped for, it's not how we expected it to look. God has brought her into perfect healing in heaven. There is no pain, there is no sickness. He called her home. My uncle was operating in faith there because the hurts were real. But God's grace held him through. And he, he was able to put his trust, his hope in Jesus still, even at the sight of losing his 30-year-old daughter. What a testimony of faith. You know, are we willing to trust God in the unknown and trust him for the outcomes too, right? It's not how I expected it, but man, God is good. It's not exactly how I expected that to pan out, but you know what? I'm blessed in so many other ways right now, I can't even count them, right? If we stay focused so hard on how we expect things to happen, we're going to miss how God actually came through in a situation. Again, I'll guarantee, never looks how we thought, almost never. I can also promise you that God's good. God is faithful. And he hears our prayers, every single one. You know, I saw a joke that Pentecostals think God's deaf because we have to shout and yell at him. <laughs> We're just passionate. <laughs> God hears our prayers. Every single one of them. So even if you're only 51% sure 
that God wants to do something with you or through you or in you, take the step. Start moving in the direction and watch God do something as you walk. Start moving and trust him to direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. and Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. He's going to take care of those corners for you. He's going to make sure that you're staying on the road, right? You don't have to turn the wheel. He's going to turn you for you, right? He's going to make your path straight. Maybe God, just take the step. While we stand, and I'm going to close in prayer here. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your people. We thank you for your presence here this morning. So wonderful when heaven meets earth. And Jesus, I just pray that we would operate in our faith, that we would start to walk. And Lord, where some of us may have got a direction from you a long, long time ago, pray that you would bring it to the front of our memories, Jesus where you had a direction given to us. We were paralyzed. We didn't take the step. We didn't operate out of faith. We stayed in our fear of the unknown. Lord, I just pray that you would bring those things back to the front of our minds. Give us faith for the unknown. Give us faith for the things that look like they're impossible, Jesus. And help us to exercise our faith daily not just on Sundays, not just during Thursday night prayer, Jesus, but daily. Let us operate in faith. And Jesus, as we do, I pray that there would be an abundance of testimonies that would come out of it, an abundance of stories of God at work in our lives where we're seeing you show up in big ways because we're no longer trying to do things in our own strength, but we are trusting in you. We're being obedient to you. And we're saying, God, you've got this. I'm walking, but you've got this. And we're going to do this together. So Lord, I just pray for your church, your people, that you would stir up greater faith in each one of us. And that as we step out in faith and we share our stories with one another, that we would be encouraged to have a little bit more faith and a little bit more faith, and that your promise of us doing greater things, Jesus, would come true because we started to operate on that 51%, and it grew to 55%, grew to 60%, and we are just fully following and living for you, Jesus. So Lord, I pray a blessing over your people this morning as they go. Pray that for the dads that they would have an incredible Father's Day and that uh, this would just be an amazing morning or afternoon for everyone. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, be blessed as you go today. Dads, make sure you stop by the Welcome Center there. Grab some donuts. I baked them yesterday, so they are fresh and delicious. It was a challenge not to eat them all. <laughs> be blessed as you go, and we will see you guys next week.